Welcome to the Swim Strong Dry Land Podcast. We are dedicated to inspiring and educating the swimming world. Our podcast highlights the work, character, and achievements in and around the Swim Strong community. We are so excited to bring you Coach Herbie Bame from Arizona State University here. Um, we're going to jump in to getting to know him and some deeper topics. But first, we got to hit our rapid fire questions. Coach Herbie, are you ready? Oh, yeah. All right, here we go. So first off, what is your walkout song? Ooh, I pick, um, it's called Duel of the Fates. It's like the Darth Maul's theme song in Star Wars. <laughs> I think that'd be That's epic. awesome. <laughs> if you could have a superpower, what would it be? Uh, it'd definitely be teleportation. Just go anywhere you want immediately. That would, that would be pretty nice. It's a good pick. What would you be doing for a career if you weren't a swim coach? Um, I'd probably be, uh, I'd want to be like a junior high art teacher. I think that'd be pretty fun. Really? Yeah. That's awesome. Cool. And if you could be on a movie with any star, who would it be? Um, I, I'd probably want to pick, um, Childish Gambino. He's like a pretty good actor. Musician, he's just like so diverse in his skills, and he's been uh, been a fan of his for for a long time since back when he used to make YouTube videos when I was in high school. Yeah, um, yeah he's <laughs> so that's awesome. He would relate that. I could, yeah, I think that'd be fun. That's awesome. And how about your favorite swim meet memory? Um, favorite swim meet memory definitely was I uh, really Pac-12s last year when we won for the first time um being on the team where we got when i was swimming we got last every time at that meet so, <laughs> so to to <laughs> all right well last one what is the funniest excuse you've ever heard from someone who was late to swim practice um funniest, you don't have to name them there, there was a there, there was a kid when i was coaching club who used to just hide in the locker room and I'd see him like looking out and then just close the door and then looking out. And then he would have a different story as to why he was late every time. We're like, we can see you. Like we're making. <laughs> <laughs> so, yeah, that's that hilarious. Be, that <laughs> <laughs> Thanks for sharing those things so people could hear a little bit more um, from you there. And we're going to jump into some of the main topics here. And I want to start just so people can get to know you. Uh, on a more personal level, would you mind sharing just a little bit of your journey, how you got into the sport of swimming? Obviously, you're a high-level athlete yourself, and now you're in the college coaching game, but um, just sharing a little bit about what that journey has looked like for you up to this point. Yeah. So I started swimming when I was like five because my, um, my mom swam, my sister, who's a couple years older than me, swam. And uh, I played a bunch of sports, but started swimming and kind of that was the one I was I was the best at and liked doing. So I grew up in New Mexico, which is a really tiny swimming community still. It's grown a little bit, but um, with, yeah, just maybe like 200 total people in the LSC. It was always fun. Um, Like meets, you know, everybody, like literally every person you're on, like a first name, (laughs) first name basis. So yeah, I've just been doing that. Then I moved to Arizona when I was about 15 years old. Um, and yeah, I was kind of fortunate to have some, some really good coaches growing up. Um, and then, yeah, 
came to ASU, actually started coaching while I was at ASU for, it used to be called Sun Devil Aquatics. It was a team that, that trained here. So I've been coaching since, since, I mean, yeah, I've been literally hasn't been a, there's maybe been a week or two total consecutively in my life that haven't been at the pool, but since, since age five, <laughs> regularly doing it almost every day. <laughs> <laughs> That's so wild. And, and I think it's always interesting to hear, especially from college coaches, when you were swimming yourself, what was it that attracted you to the sport? Like, do you remember why you fell in love with the sport of swimming? Yeah. So I, I played a lot of different sports and, um, I always liked the individual sports the best. Um, cause I mean, I played like football and baseball through junior high and there was like, I remember when I was like, okay, I don't like baseball anymore. It was, <laughs> we were playing this team. Um, and it was actually a kid from my school and he was, uh, wanted to be pitcher and he was pitcher for the other team. His dad was the coach. And he was like, okay, he's the pitcher. And he was just like literally threw balls until, so we did nobody even swung the bat and we mercy ruled them. Cause he like couldn't throw it over. <laughs> the like, somebody like, we just want to play baseball. Like this isn't fun. Um, so I always liked um, swimming because there's it's yeah. You have so much like autonomy over what you do. Um, like I said, in New Mexico, I was on a really small team in Santa Fe when I started and it was like the whole team was, was one group. So it was like when I was eight years old swimming with seniors in high school, like in the same lanes with them. Um, and it was like, I liked racing and all, all these different things. And it was, um, I mean, our team was small enough. We we're just one coach, but enough people to where it was almost, even at that point, you kind of like were given guidelines as to what, <laughs> what to do in practice. And you kind of had to, <laughs> figure it out a lot on by yourself, which I really enjoyed. Mm -hmm. um, so I've always kind of liked that, that process of like, okay, you're, you're using practice to learn how to compete in a meet. Um, and then you come back and, and practice and figure things out and you can kind of experiment and it's very regimented if you know you, that experiment worked or not. Um, yeah. So just doing that over and over again has been something I've, I'm obviously still doing, but I've always enjoyed. Yeah, that's awesome. And do you feel like that mentality is the same thing that got you into coaching? Or was there something unique about it that you saw different from when you were competing? And obviously, you're competing at a high level. So I'm at Arizona State yourself. Yeah. And uh, if I'm not mistaken, we're a part of a, a school record setting relay, which yeah. is incredible. So you had great success as an athlete. Um, what was the what was the attraction to coaching? Yeah, well, um, it's funny, because like, I would kind of really consider myself as just like a failed athlete because <laughs> I um, like I, I didn't go a best time the whole time through college. All my fastest times were from high school and then came to college and it was like literally the amount that I was swimming tripled like right away. I was working way harder than I ever had before um, and just got slower. <laughs> uh, so it was kind of like very skeptical as to what should we do in swimming? What, what should happen? And it was I, kind of a cool story because my, um, my last year swimming, our coach who coached the sprinters moved to um, coach Cesar Cielo. And we did that year. We like basically everybody was in the distance group until it was supposed to be like January, February, we'll, we'll be a sprint group. But mm -hmm. the sprint coach left. So there was only four of us. And 
they were like, hey, we're not getting a new sprint code, so you guys are on your own, or you can keep doing distance. And it was like, this is the best thing that's ever happened, guys. <laughs> like, <laughs> we're going to do this. So, um, yeah, it was like went out, bought two stopwatches, and we would, like, time each other. Um, and, and it, like, literally coached ourselves for the last wow. bit. And that was the broke a school record in, in medley relay that year. Um, and that was actually the first time I made a best time the whole time in college. So that's wow. what I was like, like, I think this will, we like, I, I feel like I can do this with other people <laughs> if I can make yeah. <laughs> faster. Um, so that was the start of it. And, um, yeah, I was kind of fortunate, I think to, to start that way. Cause I got to experiment early. Um, and it kind of removed a lot of the what could potentially be anxieties about this. We're like, okay, this is um, one. It's like, okay, we're just figuring it. Like everybody is just figuring this out as we go. Mm -hmm. um, and if you can just be like logical and think about what the problem is, like, okay, how do we swim our race faster? What's our individual weakness? What makes us good? And then how do we just do that in practice over and over again? Um, it's, it's, I mean, literally as simple as that that doesn't mean it's easy but it is fairly simple the whole whole coaching style of, of what you need to do there doesn't need to yeah. be um like fitting into a box or anything of what type of coach you are as long as you're kind of critically thinking and looking at the athlete in front of you it normally will work out pretty well hmm. that's a really cool story that's pretty unique i think compared to most people um having to coach yourself <laughs> in college yeah. when a, the coaches left um where what what resources did you use what things did you, how did what was your mindset as far as what you were going to experiment with in that time and then to go that best time must have been thrilling too and set yeah. the school record but what what did that process look like do you mind sharing a little more details of yeah of what so you did? it was um really just a lot of reading like uh even before i've always, always was into the like into coaching and into that side of, of training. Like I remember even my freshman year is when I started ordering, like first book I ordered was, it's just called the swim coaching Bible. I'm sure a lot of coaches have seen that still actually a pretty good book. Um, and then started getting more of that. And then actually started getting really into the, um, kind of like I had one coach who I swam with in the summer who was really into like this Soviet training styles and told me all of these, books to read and ordered those and was had had already read quite a bit about that before started training. It was like, okay, we're just going to do what these books say. And we're just going to kind of try, try, try this. And it was for track and field mostly um, was like the specifics of it, but like, okay, we have to understand the physiology, apply that to swimming. Um, and yeah, that was kind of the, the guiding light. So I think I was, um, I consider myself very fortunate that way of um, kind of having having mentors of people who have have written these books and done all of this um, were, were really the biggest influences. And I kind of when I started was like, OK, I'm just going to like not talk to any coaches or anything about that, like just read these books of people who aren't even writing about our sport, but try to apply the principles. Mm -hmm. um, and yeah, that's that's still been kind of my main thing that I think helps helps me continue to learn is like um, trying to read every single day something different, something new and continuing to learn in that sense, because it's um, 
yeah, it makes it makes it fun. Honestly, kind of inspires me when it's you read something, looking at things in a different light um, yeah. helps me think of like, okay, why am I doing this? Why should I be doing this? Should I be trying something new? Um, but yeah, it just kind of keeps things fresh and exciting for myself. That's cool. That's really cool. I love the desire to always be learning and to look at things from a unique perspective. Um, it seems like a lot of coaches, not a lot, um, but there are coaches who lose that, especially over time, especially once they start seeing success, um, yeah. which you guys have obviously seen at Arizona yeah. State. Um, I'm wondering what, how has, has that changed at all for you? Has the hunger or thirst for knowledge grown through this process? Um, what's that looked like from when you were just figuring it out? to now and how big of a, a part of your journey has that been just yeah. continuing to learn? Oh, I, I think that's, it's definitely grown. Uh, I think that's something that I used to kind of do, do I kind of start my, my day every day with that. Like I think about that as um, trying to set aside about an hour every day to just read and learn that way. Um, it's definitely, I feel like, you know, like simplicity lies on the other side of complexity. I used to think these topics were like so complex and complicated. And now when you kind of understand it at a deeper level, it's like, oh no, these are actually, um, they're, they're fairly simple ideas. Um, and it's the application that can sometimes be difficult. Um, but it, it is like, I, I used to be much more, afraid to to try different things to try new things and it was like really like basic like the, literally the most basic periodization of like okay we did 650s now we need to do eight and like don't don't change anything too much because that's going to be that's going to make it too confusing we're not going to know what's working or not um now it's kind of like the constant change and trying to kind of experiment every day as well and being okay with that and if you kind of understand the physiology you're you're able to um, at least experiment more. So I think it's, yeah. it's kind of a reward for, um, at least I think I have a decent understanding, <laughs> <Might> not, <laughs> uh, but yeah, like once you kind of understand the basic principles, you can play around with them a lot more, um, and not do exactly like, okay, well, this book said we had to do N fifties on two minutes. So we're going to do that exactly like it says. And it's like, okay, well, they just picked two minutes because that was just the time they picked. And like, okay, these, these aren't as like, there's no magic pill. There's no magic formula, but if mm -hmm. you have the um, basics right and you're consistent with those, well then you're, you're probably on the right track. Um, and you can, you can explore and make it fun in there. It's like, I think it's Pablo Picasso. Yeah. I quote that it's like, learn the, um, learn the rules like a pro so you can play with them like an artist. And that's kind of the um, hmm. way that I like to try and do things where it's like, okay, there's these the physiology is what matters. Um, and then how do we make this engaging and fun and exciting? Um, and yeah, that's, that's difficult to, to do that. Um, but it's, it makes it a lot more fun for, for myself and hopefully yeah. for all the kids as well. <laughs> <laughs> 
Oh, I'm sure. Yeah. And definitely, you know, your stuff and, and it's been really cool to see, you know, th those things being applied to Arizona state and to hear a little bit more inside your mind. And then obviously um, working with coach Bob Bowman too. I'm curious with you guys, do you have the exact same philosophy? Do you guys have different philosophies? Um, how do you guys work together um, yeah. with the different groups and, and athletes that you coach and, yeah. and what does that look like as a coaching team? Yeah. So I think we have, I'd say our bottom philosophy is, is identical and that's like, it's the physiology and we're trying to train the physiology and make like measurable changes to the organism on a cellular level. Um, how we do that is, is much different. Um, obviously like, I mean, one, I'm working with the, sprinters he's working with more the all the mid d people so like that there's a different requirement for that mm -hmm. um but the kind of the way in which we go about it it is very similar um obviously we have our different um like just different personalities for <laughs> for that which <laughs> which leads to some differences but for the most part it's it, it, it works pretty well. And I think that's what does work well together. You kind of know um, what the, what the goal is. And then if there's people going back and forth in groups, we know what we're trying to accomplish. Um, and, and like, it means the same thing. Cause that's what is confusing in our sport. Cause like, if you say, okay, we're doing a lactate set, that means like something different to every coach, in the, <laughs> the world. right um, so at least that we have like the same kind of understanding and and similar goals to where it's like okay on um like wednesdays let's say we're doing the sprinters are doing i call it like specific developmental work which most teams would call it lactate um but it if it's something like six fifties on three minutes where we're trying to be half of our hundred pace or faster. Um, and his group's doing like 10 fifties, all fast four on one thirty, one on one twenty, one on one ten, one on a minute, one on 50, one on 40, one on 30. Well, then we can kind of like, we both know like, okay, this is stimulating the anaerobic side of things in two different ways where one's mm -hmm. really working the, um, more top end speed. One's really working like how you maintain and struggle through that. Um, we can have people who need if whatever their weakness is, put, put them in that, that spot to get stimulated in the way that's going to help them as an individual. Um, and that's where you can get kind of creative where people are feeling like, Oh, I'm just randomly going over here one day, but <laughs> it's, like, well, it's organized because like you need this, maybe you need, um, just a different way of going about it for today. Um, and really that's what I think works well. Um, but yeah, it comes down to yeah. both of ours as well as I think everybody else on the staff's philosophy is like looking at the physiology first, um, and having people fit into, into that based on their own individual strengths and weaknesses. Mm -hmm. I think that's really unique in that you guys are thinking about the physiology the science behind what's actually happening um yeah. you know and that's I, I don't know if that's a dive that a lot of coaches 
take. And so I love hearing that. That's something that we're very passionate about at Swim Strong yeah. is making sure that what we do follows the science, right? That there's a why, there's a reason behind it. And I think as a coach or as an athlete, if you're they're swimming for you guys at Arizona State and they know there's a purpose behind all of this that these coaches have studied and really put time and thought and attention towards and thought about how to apply it to me personally. Yeah. That's really motivating as an athlete, yeah. right? Like even if you yeah. don't love the set because you're like, oh, this is going to be rough today. Um, yeah. you know, there's a purpose and so, and you can fight through that and grow the mentality of like, when you know why, then you can be so much more disciplined because it's meaningful to you and you know, what's on the other side. So, yeah. um, but how did you get that mindset of always thinking about the physiology as opposed to just, you know, whatever, there's a lot of different ways in which I've heard coaches go about things, but you sound very cerebral, which I absolutely love. Yeah. And I'm wondering like, why, what, what was the mindset behind that? Was it a personal experience? Was it just a unique interest of yours? Yeah. How did you gain that type of thinking? Yeah. Well, um, it kind of goes back to my example of like kind of considering myself as a failed swimmer. <laughs> um, cause there was malt, like, I, I know it was always, I had, had, several coaches who were always like, okay, belief is the number one thing. All we got to do is believe in what we're doing. Um, and then if you swam slow, they would come back and say, oh, it's because you're not believing in what we're doing. And you're like, no, I, I believe in what we're doing. Like, it's just not like, there's a point that <laughs> it has to make a change. Um, but that was all, that was like, I mean, my biggest frustration that I think, and I would, I mean, I specifically remember going in and asking like, okay, why, why are we, certain things and why like what is supposed to be happening to me um and that was taken as like a sign of disrespect and it's like oh it's because you don't believe in it and this is why it's not working so it's like this loop that is mm. incorrect to where they're like oh you the only reason you fail because you don't believe and the only way you can fail is if you don't believe and you're like well like what are we this is just imagination land like why, why are we <laughs> if i if all i have to do is believe i can go a 17 in the 53 mm -hmm. like i someone on our team would be able to do that because there's delusional people <laughs> out there um, so like clearly that that's incorrect not that belief isn't an incredibly important thing but if that's all you're relying on it's mm. it's wrong um yeah. So I always wanted to be able to explain to any athlete I'm working with why we're doing something, what it's supposed to do. And then if we fail, we can come back and hopefully have like records of what they've done. Um, and we can at least break it down and see, see where we went wrong. Cause it's not always like, it's not the quest for finding the perfect formula, but it is like a process of learning. And then failure is kind of expected and we can go back and, and cross off the things that don't work or what, where we went wrong, or at least have some sort of tracking, um, to see where progression slowed down. Mm -hmm. Um, but yeah, that's, that's always been the, the biggest thing for me. Cause I feel like I know how that feels to, um, be told you're failing for just like, well, you, you didn't trust yourself. And you're like, what? <laughs> what did I, I, I totally thought I was going to swim fast. I promise you behind the blocks. And um, 
So yeah, I've always been been really passionate about that because it, it is it is disappointing when you can't um, you, you have no idea why like failure is occurring. Um, mm-hmm. And I guess just for for coaches listening, know that it's you're not. We're, I definitely don't have all the answers. Nobody's going to have all the answers, and it's not we're not expected to have all the answers. But having that like honesty between you as the coach and the swimmer of like, okay, here's what we're trying. Here's what I think is going to work. Here's why I think it's going to work. Mm-hmm. And then answer isn't always going to be, and you're going to go best times every time. Sometimes it's not, but then we can go back and be like, okay, that was an experiment. That was not, <laughs> that was not <laughs> like we can try something else. And from my experience, kids are so much more receptive and excited to hear that rather than like, okay, here's what we're doing. It's going to work. The only way it doesn't work is you messing it up. Okay. Mm-hmm. We know it's, it's a relationship and it's like both people working towards um, a common goal and, and having that as like the, the underlying connection is, is really important. Yeah. That's, can you talk a little bit about, I think it's a lot more unique than, you might even realize being able to have the type of humble mindset of being able to take feedback as a coach and say, because I think the reason that maybe a lot of coaches struggle with what you're saying right there is that they feel like they failed. Right. And we always preach to our athletes, like, don't be afraid to fail. If you're going to be great, you have to fail over and over and over again. But then if it, something reflects poorly on a coach, like we want to be like, Oh no, no, no. It's just, it's yeah. just you and like your personal experience is like, no, like I'm trying so hard and yeah. like what we're doing is not working. There has to be something more. And then, you know, you not for nothing, you coached yourself for a couple months and went a best time. Like there's gotta be something unique about that and pretty cool speaking to your coaching mind as well. Yeah. Um, but as far as like just the mentality that you have to have as a coach, cause you're talking about, the nuts and bolts of you know trial and error and experimentation and physiology and all these different things that do make sense but then you also have to deal with a personal ego right where how do you get that out of the way where you're like i don't care if if this fails this fails i'm fine to take blame as a coach i don't need to place it on the athlete i don't need credit when they do well and i can take blame when they don't do well like you can I feel like yeah. you as a coach should be able to shoulder both of those things and just yeah. free the athlete up. But how do you get to that point? Like, why, why do you have that mentality? How did you get it? If that's something you've thought about before, cause I know that's not easy for a lot of coaches. Yeah. I think that's something also, like I know myself personally, that's something I kind of have to always, always work on and always remind myself that it's like, okay, if someone does poorly, if somebody doesn't like the practice if somebody um doesn't yeah doesn't agree with what i'm doing it's not about me and if you make it about like okay here's this training program that we're working on together it's kind of both of us feeding this separate thing like if they don't if they think they i mean it's college we have recruiting so we're talking to kids all the time who sometimes kids you want to like you or just like, no, I don't want to go to that school. <laughs> so it's like very humbling <laughs> in that aspect as well. Um, but it, it's, it's separate from who we are and it's not like, okay, if they swim bad, it's not that like I'm a bad coach or did something wrong. Like that just happens sometimes. And it's kind of the almost kind of paradox of coaching that in order to be a 
really good coach, you can't be thinking about yourself. It's about them. Um, mm -hmm. So trying to keep it about them is, is like, it's, it's hard. Cause it's like, it is, we all have these careers and we have personal goals and things like that. But when you kind of understand like, okay, the way you'll achieve those is almost forgetting about your own personal goals and making it about them and watching them chase their goals. Well, then it's um, at least easier. And like, I, I mean, I be honest, I don't have that figured out by any means, <laughs> but um, I think it's, that's what helps me to where it's like, okay, you're looking at, um, I mean, our team, we have almost 70 people on it and they all have their own individual goals. And yeah, we have our team goals as well, but like at the end of the day, it is, they're doing this for themselves. There's this team aspect that's really fun and a part of it. But if they don't feel like they're part of, of the team and they're able to have some autonomy and like chasing towards the things they want to do, well, everything mm -hmm. else doesn't matter. Um, mm -hmm. So, I mean, like, that wasn't really a specific answer <laughs> to that <laughs> question. And I don't know if there really is. Um, yeah. But really, it's about remembering who is doing this. And it's like, it is their swimming crew. It's not like mine, that ship has sailed. Um, yeah. <laughs> and we have to try and help them. Um, and it's one of those things where you, you just keep learning. And it's like, we have so many unique, different people that we're, it's like, we're always able to learn as coaches. And if you get into the part of making the learning, the, the fun part, well, then like the, the results, that's just secondary. Mm -hmm. Yeah. What you said is, I mean, I think spot on to what we would say to our athletes too like they have a poor swim hey you're not just a swimmer like you're yeah. much more that's that's something you do it's not who you yeah. are and same thing to coaches you're not just a coach so it's something you do it's not a part and yeah. whenever you start to make that a part of your identity then i think you know a poor swim hits you a lot harder because you're like oh yeah. this is everything to me and so yeah. i really like the way you put that and also love how you're talking about Hey, I don't have it figured out. I'm still figuring it out as I go. Yeah. And, and just that same lifelong learner mentality in your character as in your coaching. And I think everybody can learn something from that coaches, athletes, parents alike um, in all the, their different roles um, in the journey there. And so I think that's awesome. Um, and I'm wondering how that type of mindset has bled into the Arizona State team culture because I I know as an athlete I would love uh, to swim for someone with that mindset who is like hey like this isn't about me and I want to dive into the science and I want to see how we can best help you achieve your goals and do the best you can and I'm happy to experiment with different things happy to give you um, some autonomy there's a lot of research out there about how when athletes are owning their journey like you're saying a lot of things and maybe, and you've probably done the research on these things, but you're saying a lot of things that are very much backed by research too. It's not yeah. just like good philosophies. Um, and so as an athlete, I think it kind of makes sense why so many people have been, um, you know, coming to Arizona state in recent years and even pro athletes coming over and being like, Hey, I, there's something going on over here. Like what's in yeah. the water over there. And it, it sounds like, it's not like there's this, um, incredible, magic pill that no one's ever uh heard heard of or seen it sounds like 
there's really strong character and philosophy. And yeah. anyway, I'm wondering if you could give a little insight into the culture at Arizona State and what that looks like. Yeah, I think that's, um, I mean, I think myself have been influenced by the culture here as much, probably a lot more than like the influence I've given as well. But it's it's trying to be the same thing <laughs> that I was just explaining of having I mean, something Bob always says is the process is more important than the outcome. And it's focused on the process of that and the process of training and learning how to, to like training and how to like to compete. Um, something that I'm a big believer in. I know that I think everybody here will definitely all the coaches, hopefully the swimmers are figuring this out <laughs> as well. But um, like, we don't like to talk about this being like a setup meet or a preparation meet or anything like that, because when the moment comes, it's going to be the moment. It's not going to be a later moment. So if we're always talking about a later moment, we're training ourselves to be focused on the future rather than right now, which is that all that we, that's literally all that's real. Um, that's good. So practicing that in how we do it every day, every meet is the most important thing in my opinion to be ready to go and then when the moment comes it's not anything bigger than what it is it's just another 100 freestyle or 200 fly or whatever you're swimming whether it's at ncaa's olympic trials a dual meet practice um it's learning how to be completely focused on this moment accepting the parts of it that you don't like um and doing the best you can with those cards that You've been dealt and if you do that on a long enough time hopefully you make progress there and when um big moment comes you'll be ready for it but we don't want that um mindset of all that matters is this one swim in march at ncas or whatever it is mm -hmm. because one then it's it's it, it's putting too much pressure <laughs> on yourself to uh, that we're like nothing matters except that so if you do well you're like well this doesn't matter you're like okay we can we can celebrate some things along the way um but yeah that's that's really the philosophy and i mean we say that all, all the time it's like how you do anything is how you do everything so like once mm -hmm. you leave practice i mean we've just finished about half an hour ago and these kids it's like okay you're eating breakfast and you're in class be focused on class and then you're doing your homework, focus on that. Then you're in the pool, focus on this. Don't be worrying about your test that's at noon and then practice. You're thinking about, oh, well, I like, think I screwed up this on the test. <laughs> it, it's like your mind's nowhere. Um, mm -hmm. So keeping it here on what we're doing is the most valuable thing we can have. And hopefully by the time that those big moments come, because it's like, and we like to say they're all the same, but there are things that are bigger. At least we put, put that on ourselves, but um, these higher pressure situations, if you're kind of used to learning about yourself and learning like how you handle different stressors, mm -hmm. um, you'll be prepared when those perceived stressors are much higher. Um, and hopefully you have the skills to, to handle those rather than like, okay, we're going to do, seven kicks every wall because that last turn in your 200 fly in march is it's going to be like always talking about that we almost i mean almost never talk about um talk about that and that doesn't mean it's not planned but 
um, yeah, keeping kids in, in the moment is what we need. Hmm. That's something that a lot of people struggle with. And I wonder, are there any specific things or tools you give your athletes to help them with that, how to stay in the moment, not be thinking about the tests that they just struggle with or have their mind somewhere else? Because I do think it's very powerful. Like people talk about time is our most scarce or greatest resource. And um, I would take it a step further and say even more than that, it's our attention, like what we do with our time. Right. And multitasking itself, it's been proven like it's a myth. You can't do two things at the same, like the human brain isn't meant to be able to do two things well at the same time. And so there's a lot of wisdom in what you're saying. Um, And I'm wondering, are there tools that uh, you've given your athletes or just practice over time or um, just what's something you do to help encourage your athletes to stay in the present moment? Yeah, I think one, it's um, kind of core of this conversation. It's explaining to them, explaining to them why that's important. And then we do have a lot of things in practice that that force that. Um, I mean, one thing that the sprinters do, we have a lot of, um, we'll have like max speed days where we're going as fast as we can. And a lot of times we'll just have one shot at it, um, or it'll all build up to like one rep. That's everything is that. Um, and at the beginning it was always like, Oh, let me do that again. Like I can do that. It's like, no, you don't get to do it again. That was, that was the chance. Like you, yeah, you probably can do better, but you get next time we do it, which might be a couple months from now, <laughs> you can try again <laughs> there. Um, so I think that's an important thing. It's funny. Cause like, um, Ryan held actually pointed that out one day. He's like, you're the first coach who, when kids ask to do it again, or like do another race, you just say no every time. <laughs> um, and yeah, I like, it was funny. Cause I had never really thought about that. But then I explained to him and hopefully, everybody understands it's like well that's how the meat works where Mm -hmm. most people end up leaving wishing they had a second chance but it just doesn't happen that way and if Mm -hmm. we we got our shot in prelims and if you don't do that well then finals doesn't happen so Mm -hmm. i think training that way is really good like one thing that um especially later in the season we'll do um starts and relay starts a lot less but it'll be like okay you get one relay start today and it's got to be good. And they're like, but I want to, I need to practice it. And you're like, well, you got to make this one good. Um, <laughs> and I actually think it's, it's that same thing of like, that's just how our memory works to where, Oh, like, Oh, I didn't step all the way to the end of the block or I went too early or too late. Um, you have one thing to think about. And then next time you can hopefully make that one thing better. Um, and that's better than doing like, Oh, well, I did 12 relay starts. The first seven were bad, but the last five, those were really good. <laughs> like, well, what did you actually learn like what do you remember mm-hmm. from that so having mm-hmm. less opportunities sometimes can lead to more learning um mm-hmm. if done if done correctly yeah that's interesting I, it's something that i haven't heard many coaches speak like that and it's something that um myself and coach adam at eagle aquatics um believe in strongly too is and and, and you can have a totally different opinion about this but uh, we're not, we don't do time trials at championship swim meets oh, yeah. because if you don't qualify for whatever you're trying to qualify for in the moment, there's no second chances at the biggest meets, right? There's yeah. no, 
and and in life most of the time there's no second chances like this is your moment so if you don't do it when you step up to the blocks right now like we're not gonna do it again um yeah not because it's necessarily a bad thing and if you're yeah. a coach who believes in you know time trials that's perfectly fine um yeah. but just the mentality behind it um sounds similar to what you're saying and i really i really like that yeah um yeah, exactly so, yeah, I think that's that's exactly right. And it's that um, kind of what you said of like, okay, if you don't get to do a time trial or or that at whatever meet, it's like, this isn't a punishment. It's just like, we're trying to get you ready for the next time faster. <laughs> and mm -hmm. kind of, I think kind of leaving that sometimes, like I've told kids a lot of times, if the meet doesn't go as well, it's like leaving the meat hungry is sometimes better than um, being totally fulfilled because you're like, okay, I got, I know what I got to do. I got to get better, um, at these things. And if you kind of make that the core of your training of like, okay, we're looking at each practice, each meet, um, as just feedback as to what, what we can do to take the next step. And it's like the joy comes in taking steps, not getting to the end of the staircase. Um, and if you can get to where you do enjoy that, well, then it's fun. And then even at, I mean, it's, it's been pretty rewarding of, sometimes kids here who do finish with like a really good swim and they're like okay yeah like this wall i was like shallow on this breakout like next time I'll, i won't make that mistake and it's like okay cool they're still they're already thinking about that and i guess also with um kind of reminded me of another thing of how we train that in our warm down in meets it's always i try and do like 300 or so just straight whatever you want and then give them like a specific technical thing that they can improve on from the race and work on that so it's still easy and smooth but it's like okay mm -hmm. your hand was coming out here so you're gonna go like 300 to shake out and then 1625s like with just that paddle on like two with buoyed ankle two constant kick just working on keeping that hand under your body so it's still mm -hmm. like physiology of that slow sustained like helping just metabolize um lactate and then also it's, it's skill oriented so they're hopefully making progress not just swimming slowly back and forth and it kind of forces that mindset of like okay think about what you did in in the previous race where you can improve and let's start we're practicing right now we're not waiting mm -hmm. until monday to do that um because it's like we why not? You know? <laughs> yeah, you're going to hop in the pool anyway and be swimming. So why not be yeah. thinking while you're doing it? And yeah. you're giving them one specific, you're also coaching like, like when you're at a swim meet, you're, it's actually one of the most opportune times to coach, right? Because it's in that high pressure environment. Yeah. And, um, but you're giving them just one thing to focus on. It sounds like when they hit the warm down pool, yeah. which is exactly what you would want to do because you can't make three habit changes all at once. Oh, you did this, this X, Y, and yeah. Z all wrong. So go try and fix all these things. You gave them, you gave the example of giving them one thing and that will stick too. And they'll remember and what better opportunity than right after they just did it. And when they're thinking about it, I think it'll probably stick for the long term. Yeah. Um, so that's an awesome idea. I think coaches yeah. should implement that everywhere. That's yeah. an amazing idea. Why yeah. wait until the next practice? Hey, we'll figure that out like next week yeah. in practice. And maybe you forgot by then. Yeah, um, exactly. So, well, I want to finish up and just hear a little bit about um, the wall behind you. So I see oh, all yeah. kinds of 
things on the wall and and uh it's always interesting to me how people pick what goes up on their wall you mind sharing some of the pictures yeah, and, and is, what's um, behind you these are, these are all new this is the this is the sprint wall of fame that we've got so we've got kind of everybody who's made international meets um so far all of these guys were at the um world championships or um like grant house was at uh duel in the pool last year everybody else was worlds this summer so we're starting that if you get if you get the that's that's the deal if you make the um make a world championship you have to donate a cap to the to the wall of fame <laughs> it gets it gets put up there that's awesome that's awesome yeah. well so that, that that one's uh francisco sanchez is the only 53 national champ we've ever had which was in 1996 so hopefully we get get somebody to if you get if you if you win, you get a you get a picture as well as well as a cap. <laughs> That's awesome. That's awesome. Well, you definitely, yeah. you guys are definitely moving in a way where I think you're gonna have a lot of pictures on that wall. So, uh, very impressive <laughs> stuff that's going on over there, man. And uh, yeah, I guess actually you. one final one for the people to hear. What what would be your favorite um, thing? Just being a part of Arizona State. What would be that thing that you love most coaching at Arizona State? It's definitely the, the people. Um, I mean, we, we're pretty lucky to have the group that we have to where everybody, um, it's, it's rare when you're at a, when you're ever at a place with a bunch of people who like, oh man, you guys all kind of think the same as me. Like, this is fun. <laughs> um, <laughs> so having that here is, is really cool to where, um, and literally every single kid on the team is excited about what we're doing, um, likes working hard it's, it's like we literally never have to um get mad at kids for skipping practice or anything like that um so we're fortunate <laughs> to have that actually that everybody enjoys working hard enjoys getting better and we have a lot of like unique personalities it's cool that you can have like very different people <laughs> <laughs> all all fit in and all have fun doing the same thing so that's that's definitely what what i like the most because it's been um i mean super fun like really not just i feel like the last year or two has been to where the um it, it's been like more noticed but it's kind of been that steady climb of just people making themselves better and it's like okay how how much how do we keep getting better and kids here are great where they're asking like um i mean some of the kids were like hey you gotta like literally requiring kids like okay you have to spend an hour this weekend doing something fun that's not <laughs> progress related like just let your mind <laughs> you need that um, so it's it's definitely um yeah having having a group like this is is rare and something that you can't really plan like i'd like to think that it's it's all organized and but there's there's some luck going into that of just getting all the right people here at the right time so it's it's just enjoying that well a part of that luck is you being there you guys have an awesome coaching staff an awesome group of athletes and um there's definitely a lot that goes into that um that you're being humble about but it's amazing and um it's really fun to watch from the outside looking in what's happening at arizona state and i think uh, you alluded to something people see what's happening in the last year or two, but they don't realize everything that's gone in behind the scenes to get to that point. And, you know, it's the, 
it's the curse of the social media age. You see the things yeah. that are posted, but you never see the behind the scenes work and the relationships and the grind and the um, every, everything that goes into it. And uh, but I love hearing at the end of the day, your passion for the sport. Ultimately, it's about the people. Your favorite thing about Arizona yeah. State being the people and all those other passions that you have for helping them to be great comes back to them. And um, so anyway coach herbie it's been a pleasure to have you on here thanks so much um, for taking the time and sharing all your insights with us um, i appreciate it yeah no thank you thanks it was, it was great great talking we'll definitely definitely stay in touch yes sir thank you for listening to the swim strong dry land podcast if you'd like to be a part of the swim strong dry land family you can reach out to us via email or social media you can also follow swim strong dry land on youtube and tiktok for more educational content 